0: Thank you very much, and thank you to all the organizers of the Fabringen, and my heartfelt thanks for including me in today's mega event. Unlike the majority of speakers today, I was never to see or meet the Rebbe. Simply speaking, my family, though clearly Jewish and proud of it, was not observant. So unfortunately, I can't share personal anecdotes about my experiences in 770 with the Rebbe, like many of the speakers that have come before me. Nevertheless, some of the biggest influences in my life have been the Rebbe Shluchim and Hasidim, who propelled me in the direction that I've now followed for many years. Moreover, Baruch Hashem, I feel very fortunate to now consider myself among their ranks. And I feel very strongly that it's my role to do as they do, namely to do everything that I can do to influence others and to hasten the revelation of Mashiach Tzikenu. So I'd like to share with you some of those life-changing and affirming influences that I received and some of my experiences along the way. As I mentioned, I did not grow up in a religious household. In fact, I had never met Chabad before until I was in graduate school. And through a series of incredible Ashkacha Pratis, I found myself at a Pesach Seder at Chabad of New York University with Rabbi Dov Yeina and Rabbitsin Sarah Sara Korn. Having never met or heard of Chabad, despite growing up in Montreal and living for several years in Manhattan, I know what rock was I living under. I found myself at this Chabad al Seder that would set the course of the rest of my life. This Seder was nothing like I had ever experienced. It was not this long drawn out affair. It was a very to the point, very focused on action-based mitzvahs, made Kiddush, read the Haggadah, one by one going through the Maggid until everyone was eating matzah. And while everyone was eating a delicious brisket, Rabbi Korn told a well-known parable, probably one that everyone here has heard many times before. The one about the man searching for diamonds, but coming home with chicken fat, schmaltz, which now in retrospect seems very, very apropos to a Pesach Seder. Little did I know at the time. And at the end of this well-known parable, Rabbi Koren spoke of the Rebbe's emphasis on the value of every single mitzvah and how every mitzvah that a person does from every single person counts and has tremendous value. And what's amazing is, despite having Jewish day school experiences in my youth, I never heard or understood something like that before. I was always led to believe The Yiddishkeit, teren mitzvahs, was an all-or-nothing prospect. If you weren't willing to commit to the whole thing, then every mitzvah doesn't matter. But rather, this life-changing idea that every single mitzvah is valued, this was something brand new. And little did I know, I was learning one of the Rebbe's most fundamental principles that we seek to influence others with today. So right then and there, at the urging of Rabbi Korn, I made a achlata to start putting on tefillin after Pesach. My Zaydi al Shalom had purchased for me a pair of tefillin when I turned 13. And after that one time putting on the tefillin, I had never put it on since. In the years that followed this encounter, I've used this approach of the value of one mitzvah, and every mitzvah being a diamond to the abister, countless times with my students at Boston University. I was just speaking with one of them, who despite having come from a background where he was performing Torah mitzvahs before college, he had uh, taken a moment to step back from things like tefillin and things of that nature. Anyways, Baruch Hashem, he continues to put on tefillin to this very day, and he just got engaged to a wonderful Jewish girl. And the Mitzvah Hashem, I'll be doing the chasen in the coming months. Mitzvah is mitzvah. It wasn't long before Fill and turned into another mitzvah and another mitzvah. And after adding several more mitzvahs, I so- soon found myself at the Hadar HaTedah summer yeshiva vacation. Like many Bali Chuva, I started questioning, what am I gonna do with my life? Here I was, I was in the middle of a PhD in theoretical chemistry, and I'm discovering this passion and this love for Yiddishkeit. So what should I do? Finish my PhD, or come to yeshiva. So I remember vividly one afternoon during that yeshiva vacation, I was to sit down with Rabbi Goldberg, the Rosh Yeshiva, and sitting there in his gazebo, up in, in the up in upstate New York, he told me two stories that had a tremendous impact on me. One was the story of Doctor Yitzchok Block, Shalom, and the other one was the story of Doctor Yaakov Hanoka, Olave Shalom. Both of whom, as most of you may know, were given explicit instructions by the Rebbe to finish their degrees and to excel in their respective fields. That their influence on others would come through their incredible achievements and them being a Dugma chai in the rest of the world. Little did I know how apropos these stories would turn out to be. See, now I live in Boston, the city where Dr. Hanoka lived for many years, and I'm a professor at Boston University, a professor like Dr. Bloch. Rabbi Goldberg didn't end his advice there. He added one caveat. He said to me that if I'll daven more and learn at length, then for sure, he said, vadaish et for sure you'll be successful. Though I'd already been studying, learning Chumash, Halacha, basics of Yadus, all the books that Rabbi korn had given me and piled onto me to continue to start learning. My love affair with Chabad Chasidis started at this very important moment, my time at Hadar Atayra. My ivris was not strong, and my Yiddish was non-existent. And so when I returned to New York University, where I was studying for my PhD, I started learning Likutei Sichas in English. There was a copy of Likutei Sichas in English, on the Chabad House shelves, and I started to learn. Moreover, following the Rebbe's instruction imparted by Rabbi Korn, that if you know Aleph, you should teach Aleph. I mean, Chavru says to start learning sikhs with other students at NYU. Honestly, I can't say that I actually knew Aleph, but the Rebbe says to start learning with people, okay? I'm gonna start learning with people. So a couple of months go by, and we reached Parsha's Pedacious, And I received a tremendous shock. As we learned this Sikha from Chelek Aleph, I discovered something incredible. In addition to the fact the incredible Sicha of Chelek Aleph. What I discovered through my years in college in upstate New York and all of my time at NYU, during which I did absolutely nothing that anyone would ever describe as overtly Jewish. From time to time, people would ask me, hey, you're a Jewish guy. Why don't you share with us a little bit about Yiddishkeit? Tell us something Jewish that you know. Okay, what did I know? I didn't grow up from such a background. But the, I remembered a, something I learned in elementary school. I learned, a, I remembered a little varter that I learned from an elementary school teacher in the Talmud in Montreal. The teacher said that Parshas Bendaius has an incredible potential to influence the whole year. Why? Because we learned that Beratius, Bora and is is ever present. at every moment, at every at every moment in time, Hashem is constantly reinvesting himself into the creation of the universe, and that imparts upon us a tremendous impact. And I'm sitting here, I'm learning this Sikha and Lukute sikhas and there it was. The one thing, time and time again, when somebody would ask me to Chazer a little bit about Judaism, the one thing I remembered from all of my Jewish experiences growing up, it was the first sicha in Likutei Sichas That teacher, it turns out, though I didn't know it at the time, was a labavacher, Rabbi Stifel. And the year was Tafshin Nun base. And this one little bit of Chassidus, was all that I remembered and all that had an impact on me in all of those many intervening years before I would come to the Seder at Chabad at NYU. this has a huge influence on a person, even if they don't know it. Many years later, when my wife and I were married, I remember we were in Eretz HaKedosh and there was a certain person from my youth that I, that I that I'd visited there. He remembered me when I was this uh, young fry boy. And now here I am with a beard and a hat. And he was questioning me about why it is that I decided to start being shermatary mitzvahs and questioning and questioning. And finally, I just said to him, I learned Chabad Chassidus and it opened my heart. And the man took me upstairs to his private study. This was not a Lubavitch man. And he said, I wanna show you something. And in the back of his closet, in the back of his locked closet, in his locked office study, was a set of l'kut He says, it also has an impact on me. Learning chassidus with somebody can have a tremendous, does have a tremendous transformation on who they are. These influences, both Rabbi Korn and my influence with Rabbi Goldberg at Hazara Torah and with Rabbi Stiefel in my youth shaped me, my career and how I've lived ever since. I'd like to share with you some of the experiences I've had as a college professor. Bar Hashem, being in a university, I'm blessed with the opportunity to influence many people. So let me share a few stories with you. I remember when I first came to Boston University for a job interview. And the story of that's similarly miraculous to how I ended up at that first Seder, but that's a story for perhaps another time. I I came to Boston early, this is the day before you had GPSs on your cell phone and I I had heard about how the traffic and the directions in Boston were so great, we came early. And I went around the city and I met certain Jewish people in the day before the interview. And I remember one of them, a certain rabbi, he looked at me and he said, you're not planning to go looking like that. To your job interview, so I'm I'm looking around. I said to him, "What do you mean looking like that? It's not hair extensions. It's not a clip-on. This this is just who I am." It's like no, with your with your beard and your jacket. I said to him, with all due respect, this is how I go. This is how I look. This is who I am, and I'm not going to change who I am, for a job interview, because a person has to be true to themselves. A person. I remember. I remember learning the story that Ebba says. In in Afabringen, uh, he brings the story of uh, that's brought down the Gmaryuma Yuma about Shimon who wore his big day kahuna to go out to greet Alexander at the gates of Eshelayim. And when I, when Alexander saw Shimon and he was wearing his big day kahuna, he jumped down and he, he prostrated himself in front of the King Gadol. And we all know the the famous story. And the reality is that when a Jew walks with his big day kahuna then everyone bows down to them. Everyone realizes who they are and has respect for them. So I went, and I, I continue to go, this is, how I, this is how I dress. I remember my first day in the university, I hadn't yet been on the, the faculty roster. So I was listed as staff. Professor staff is the most enigmatic person at any university. Anyway, so I walk into my first class and I'm a complete uh, anonymous person. So this class of 200 students, I walk in with my hat, my jacket, my beard, my briefcase. I walk to the front of the class. and I say to them, good afternoon. Welcome to RN375, Introduction to Mystical Jewish Thought. Everyone lost their minds. Like, professor, I think you're in the wrong room. Said, oh, what's supposed to be here? They said, oh, this is chemistry. I I could teach you that too. Anyways, Baruch Hashem. I remember in that job interview, one of the things I was doing and preparing, obviously when I talking to my Mashpiyam, there was a letter in Igris that I was learning at the time. And the Rebbe was talking to an educator and about their role in education, reminding them that an educator has incredible, incredible influence and responsibility to impact the students as well as everyone at their entire institution. And So I remember sitting there in one of the interviews, and one of these professors was asking me these questions, and they seemed out of left field. Is it possible for a Jew to be a professional? Is it possible? I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm a professional. What what are you asking from me? I got the sense also that this professor happened to himself be Jewish. So after a few minutes trying to figure out what he was trying to get after, he told me, my nephews at a yeshiva in Morristown. I'm like, oh. He says, and I, he's not really in the world. The mushrut from and like, don't worry about it. He's going to be fine. He's going to get a job. He's going to get married. Everything's going to be great. Uh, his uh, his nephew was uh, was living, from what I understand, his uh, his nephew was living in in France, um, married, and he was coming to visit him. And one time, this professor comes to my office. He, was, he and I became very close. Uh, whatever, we we came very close. And I remember one time he comes to my office. He says, Benjamin, I'm just trying to figure this out. My nephew's coming to visit me from Europe, but I don't get it. It He says that he has to stop off first in New York because he has to go to a base in Queens. Is that normal that he's stopping off in Queens on his way? to? I said, it would be abnormal if he did not stop off in Queens on his way to Boston. (laughs) Baruch Hashem the influence a person can have not on their, just on their students, but on the people around them. When I left the job interview, honestly, I had felt a little bit discouraged. I thought, okay, between not shaking hands and talking to, and you know, all all the scheduling concerns, they officially or originally wanted to interview me on a Friday afternoon, I had to tell them Shabbos, I'm not coming on Shabbos to have an interview. Baruch Hashem, I got the job and I've had an opportunity ever since to continue to help and influence many students, sometimes without even realizing it. Uh, in uh, in Teshvav, the Rebbe shared a story uh, that I think is pretty f- famous. I think uh, Jem put it out, it was also in a, a book. Okay, the Rebbe shared a story Said in a small town in America, a Jew looked out his window and saw a yeshiva bacher that was passing by on the street and this bearded younger man with a yarmulke and tzitzis caught his attention. And he thought to himself, where is this young man from? Poland, Ukraine, he asked. And he was told, no, he's from Boston. And the man lost his mind, said a Bostonian with a bard, with a beard, with payas, tzitzis. The yeshiva student walking by said that Eber was completely unaware of the impact that he had on this man in the window who was inspired by seeing him to explore his heritage. And that man started keeping kosher and little by middle do more and more mitzvahs. And to this day, the student has no idea what he accomplished. And the Rebbe concluded, in the course of your mission, our mission, you will teach the Jews whom you meet, but beyond that you may achieve wonders by your mere presence alone. Fortunately, I've heard some stories I've been students have come and shared with me even years later, several years ago, I remember a student came up to me on their graduation day from Boston university, a student that never spoke to me. I, I sometimes I teach large classes, hundreds of students. And while I try to get to know my students, not all of them uh, are, are, am I able to meet and, and get to know all of them. And a student came and spoke to me, he says, I never spoke to you before. You probably don't, definitely don't know me i want to share a story with you see he had come from a from an observant background and he came to college and he started having and when he started doubting himself and he started thinking to himself how is it that i'm going to become a professional he wanted to be a surgeon or a He He wanted to be some sort of doctor or professional and he said i've come to the conclusion i cannot accomplish that while also continuing to be shaymatari mitzvahs for whatever reason.'" and I woke up on the day of my first day of classes, and I turned to Hashem. It's amazing how all these stories, by the way, involve the guy turning to Hashem. The guy who maybe doesn't believe anymore turns to Hashem and he says, Hashem, I want you to know, up until now, I've never eaten Shafis. Up until now, I've always kept Shabbos. But starting today at lunchtime, I'm gonna go and eat not kosher food. You have until lunch to send me an overt sign that I should keep Torah and mitzvahs and I should not start eating trey. And he said, and with that, I walked into my first college lecture, general chemistry, and who's standing at the front of the room is you, Professor Abrams. And I looked to Hashem and I said, well played, God, well played. I get the message. It's possible to be a, a proud, observant Jew and also be a professional. And he kept Shabbos and he kept kosher. I have several stories like this. I remember one time a student sent me a photo, a screenshot that they had taken from Facebook. I had been driving down Commonwealth Avenue, the main street in campus, driving my moped. Moped when I'm driving my when I'm driving a moped, I wear a regular black helmet. I looked for one with a brim, but they don't make helmets with brims and I'm driving down Commonwealth Avenue on my moped and my beard is flying in the wind and someone snaps a photo of this and they put it on the Facebook page. And the student comments, I'm so excited to be going to Boston University. Where else are you gonna see an Amish riding on a moped? And So the next commenter says, I don't think the Amish are allowed to ride on mopeds. So the third guy says, "Stop telling the Amish what they aren't aren't allowed to do." And the fourth one said, "He's not Amish; he's a Hasidic Jew, and he's our chemistry professor." And I never knew that this happened until someone sent me the photo. Baruch Hashem, over the years I've been to send many students to the Chabad house. Rabbi Posner and Mrs. Posner do an amazing job in Kenmore Square. I remember one Shabbos I sat bringing with a with a guy with rabbi posner till two three o'clock in the morning it was shabbos and this was a student that was just visiting and at three o'clock in the morning he said i have to go i have a big dancing competition tomorrow i said forget dancing stay here and he said to me no you don't understand rabbi i am I'm a, I'm a big dancer i said what you don't understand is that i used to be a dancer too i told him i proved it to him i said now you have to stay in the end he didn't stay but he. Two years later, he sent me an email, a picture of him with a hat and a gemara and a wife, and he said, that Shabbos changed my life. When I saw that this is what is truth, I decided to be more more connected and more invested in my Yiddishkeit. Recently, I received an email from a student asking to be excused from class on (laughs) Yantiv. Who are they writing to? What the student didn't realize was, is that every year I meet with all the Jewish students who are interested in meeting and explain to them how to talk to professors about yantif and getting off from classes. And I drafted this email that students could customize to send to their professor, dear professor so-and-so, my name is this, and uh, this is Yantif, I can't Yisr Malacha, yada, yada, yada. And they changed the dates and they sent to the professor. This is the first time I had ever received my own email from a person I had never met before. My students were influencing other students and now they were sending me an email being proud to be Jewish, not coming to class. Of course, I wasn't gonna be there either. So of course, not a problem. One of the Rebbe's goals is that we should all be educators in the most positive sense, and that we should all be leaders. This is the message that guides and motivates me every day. Whether it's jumping in a van with a group of students on Mitzvah Shabbos Kedish to go to Slichs in 770, which Bar Hashem we do every year, or take, going to the Chabad on campus Shabbaton, taking groups to the aisle. Okay, they, they usually take me and I Bring along the way, or learning with students in my office. As I sat this, in my house this Shabbos afternoon with a former student and his young son, I thought about how privileged I feel to be able to work with so many Jewish students and to have the opportunity to influence their lives like so many people, like so many Siddim and shluchim have influenced me. And so I want to take a moment to remind everyone that this all started with a single mitzvah, me putting on tefillin. So I would be remiss if I didn't encourage everyone to go to onemitzvah.org slash sign up and to sign up to, to make a for one mitzvah. And if you're already doing a mitzvah, so send that, that email to another person. And, and every single person should add a mitzvah because mitzvah geret is mitzvah and schar mitzvah. Mitzvah And every single one of these, there's no end in it because it creates another person who will go out there and inspire others. I want to thank the organizers for inviting me, giving me the opportunity to bring with all of you today. And now it's time for me to go put on filling because Baruch Hashem, I haven't missed a single day since that first encounter with Chabad and I don't plan on starting anytime soon.